welcome to another episode of Spitting Feathers Podcast, the podcast for thirsty people. It's time for episode two of our Industry Insights series, and today we're talking all things social media with a man who uses people as the brand. It's Chris Reeves, social media and online PR specialist. Welcome to the second episode of our Industry Insights podcast, where we are looking at and um, talking to different people who can help out um, in the difficult times that we're all experiencing. Today, we've got Chris Reeves, who's a social media and online PR specialist from Norwich, massive fan of Norwich County, is it? Norfolk's the county, Norwich is the city. Okay, okay. Um, and we're going to touch a little bit today on uh, sort of personal brand and how um, that can help you when you're setting up online, really. We're talking to a lot of people at the moment who are just setting up online for the first time. So Chris, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and how you've sort of got to doing what you're doing. Well, it's been a, it's been a hell of a journey, I, mu- I must say. So um, for those of you that, that don't know me or, or, or what I do, um, my name's Chris Reeve and I'm the founder of Reeve Social Media. We, we tend to look after social media accounts for uh, small, medium and, and large businesses, but specialise very much in, in the personal brand area, really help um, consult on, on that sort of level. Um, personally, I've been in and around the social media game because it is a bit of a game uh, for, for throughout my career. And um, actually just very recently um, decided to uh, press the big green go button on my own agency and um, Reeve Social Media. But throughout my career, looked after over 150 plus different accounts, B2B, B2C, agency side, um, loads of fun, different projects. Very recently working with um, a current professional footballer, working with some former pros as well, which is quite exciting, which brings all sorts of different pressure um, so yeah, like that is in short how I've ended up uh, okay. doing what I do. And you've done um, obviously a whole range of social media um, working for different people. What was it that attracted you to the personal brand stuff when you decided, right, I'm going to go it on my own. I can choose what I was specialising now. What was it that attracted you to personal brand? Well, firstly, because it means more. Simple as that. Um, when you help someone online as opposed to something such as a corporate organisation, it always means more. The second thing as well is it, it works better. Uh, it's just like whenever you can present personality and add a human element, element into a social strategy, it always performs better, no matter what brand. I'm absolutely adamant on that. Mm-hmm. I think we'll touch on that a little bit later on because of some of the people that we've been dealing with at High Street Shops and it really, their brand is all about them. Um, just um, quickly to touch on sort of the current pandemic, obviously the world is in a really... Um, turbulent time and everything's changed i guess um what effect do you think the pandemic has had on social media and what do people need to think about more that they might not have had to before well uh, i mean digital in, in general is through the roof you know from you know regardless of social you think about the other segments such as affiliate email um, there's obviously been an increase in in traffic everywhere in general there's so much more of a demand i can't speak for it for the social media world as a whole but for me personally I've, I've seen a massive uptake in in people that are shifting to social a lot of people are now like blimey i can't rely so much on face-to-face well they can't rely at all on face-to-face at the moment but obviously going to the new normal there'll be limited traffic um mm-hmm. face-to-face traffic so there is more of an emphasis now on getting clued up and, and really almost respecting social i think social media is obviously you know 
a fantastic tool but has still been massively underestimated i think by by many marketers marketing managers and and business owners for for a while i think they've kind of been living in denial actually yeah um, because of course you know you, you can run a, a ppc campaign and you, you can run you know google ads here and there uh, you can but but the thing is with social is it is it just works so so well and the amount of trust and credibility that you can get through social for a much smaller budget is is phenomenal it has to be genuine yeah i guess that that's the point isn't it that it it has to be genuine really to have the cut through so yeah you can pay to put stuff in front of people but to have the cut through for organic social stuff you've got to be really genuine i just think you can make a bigger dent now than ever before i think gone are the days where you know small businesses should be spending 500 to a thousand pounds for a half page ad in the in the paper on page 33 that's not targeted towards their target market i just don't know why you would do that yeah. um, it just seems silly because for that for you you know you can get a lot more bang for your buck with regards to social not that i'm here to, to sell social but I, i'm very much here to educate people i don't want people to to make that mistake you know if you've got a limited budget there's a lot you can do with organic social um through some some intelligent strategy techniques yeah yeah and i think um obviously the pandemic has caught has caused a lot of people to think differently about their businesses but also i guess forced people we talked you spoke then about um, marketing managers have not necessarily looked at social and stuff like that it's forced a lot of people to look at things that they might not have looked at before so we've seen um there's been a huge uptake in people starting online shops where their physical presence shop was closed they might have never done that before but they've had to do it because They've had no option if they want to continue trading and the shop's closed. And I guess as part of that package, people are then going to need a social media presence um, as their shop, that become the social media becomes their shop window then, doesn't it? Oh yeah, without a doubt, you know, it's, it's become, it's become just a vital component part, like even more so. Um, I think, you know, particularly for the local market, I mean, there's, there's been a few campaigns that I've seen of late where actually you know actually using online to help your offline even more if that makes sense so yeah. rather than just waiting for for derek to turn up at your front doorstep why not actually reach out to derek a lot of businesses have been quite sleepy and not very proactive uh-huh. um, yeah. and, in, and in social in general p- people are are weeing everywhere we do this we're the best of that we're number one and no one cares about that it's all about the value that you can give them yeah. and i think a lot of people are missing that trick a lot of people are sitting there they're chucking stuff out online. They're hoping for the best. Um, they're not being proactive and they're not being reactive as well. Um, so I, th- I think there's a lot of latent potential for a lot of local businesses. Mm-hmm. I don't I genuinely don't think it's that complicated. I do think that social can be a simple science if you just dedicate a little bit of time to it. Yeah, I, I guess one of the challenges is, say you're um, a high street butcher and you've never been down this route before, but you've decided to set up an online shop and you're going to, do click and collect or whatever from your front door you might never have had a facebook page or um, a twitter page or instagram or any of those things and you you then find you then find yourself in this situation where people because i think this is going to be a continuing situation because when it's raining you're not going to queue outside the butchers for 20 minutes for your turn to go into the shop that can only hold one person so i think people are still going to be thinking about how do we support our physical presence but on day one, when they set up, they don't have a brand presence or they don't have or they don't have an online brand presence. So how do they quickly get from having no online brand presence to having a trusted brand presence that they can actually use? 
because I know that a lot of people have had to chuck a load of money at paid social to reach their audience. So how, and, and that's really costly. How, how do we sort of focus on the organic and say, well, we can do it with the organic. We don't need to do the paid social or we need to do much less of the paid social. Well, there's, there's quite a lot of areas I could go down, but you know, actually I'll take it right back to the top. A lot of people, they get busy with social and they just kind of do it. And actually what it always needs to come back to, the first thing you do, what is your business objective? What are you trying to achieve? And I know it sounds really daft, but if you're actually wanting to sell a certain amount of produce, whether you're a local butcher or, or, any, or, or a fishmonger or anything, it doesn't matter what you do with your selling plants, write down, right, what is your business target? And you write down the formula and you work it back. You know, how, how many customers do you need to come to spend that much money and work it back from there? And also it's a mindset thing, social. People are so obsessed with vanity metrics. The amount of people that, cut, that have come to me that I've just said no to because they're like, we need 100,000 likes. You know, we should have had them yesterday. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because yeah. actually I'd rather have one follower that spends 500 pounds with me versus a yeah. hundred thousand that spend a tenner. I see anything. I see this all the time where people yeah. are obsessed with numbers of people following them and it's having the right people interacting with you, not or the right people following you, Correct. Not the number of people. Yeah, um, definitely. I think that's the biggest mistake people make, isn't it? I, I think when starting out, like the mindset needs to be, you know, don't get obsessed with the vanity metrics, have patience. You know, it can take, this is why I tell people, you know, you do need to be consistent and it could take anywhere up to three to six months sometimes to gain momentum, to get that snowballing rolled out, rolling down the hill, you know, and I, I really do think that. Um, but there's, there's so much that you can do. And, and actually, you know, a lot of people will resonate with this for the people that are listening now, you know, the old smiling and dialing, picking up the phone and doing that. And I'm not saying do that. If you apply that same mentality, how can you smile and dial online? I'll tell you how the power of DMs. Okay, mm -hmm. get yourself some templates done for Instagram, for Twitter, yeah. for LinkedIn. Don't neglect any platform and fire them out to people and set yourself targets. So, for example, with me, I connect with 50 new people a day if I can. You know, I'll connect with them um, and I'll send them all a message. You know, just say hi. And it's not spammy because yeah. I'm saying hi. And then I'm leaving them alone. And then a week later, I'm presenting them with some value. So they trust me. Then a week after that, I'm saying, you know, it, what challenges have you got at the moment? And so, again, it's not all about you. It's what you can give to others. So if you are a local butcher and you've just started your Instagram account, set it up, get the content on it, do lots of video to show that you're a human. You'll be surprised. Like a, a lot of people are worried about what other people think about them on social media. They're like, oh, that's a bit sad, isn't it? Or, oh, that doesn't look very good. I would just say do it yeah. because it, it resonates with people and people understand the, the hardship. And particularly during these times, you'll be surprised if you're a local business, local people want to help you. And how do you get to other local people? You can do that through Facebook groups. You yeah. can do that through Instagram DMs. You can yeah. target, you can go through the comments on your, your, your local um, communities on, on various platforms. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you can do. You don't need to spend a lot of money. I would definitely advise that if, if you should have some sort of paid promotion structure in place, whether that be one piece of your content a week get, gets, yeah. gets targeted out. And yeah. um, as I say, there's, there's a lot of kind of mining that you can do. There's a lot of harvesting that you can do on social yeah. um, without spending a lot of money for sure. And I think that people quite often think that whacking a status up is, is the end of what needs to happen. 
And it completely isn't. You need to be rooting through and commenting and in properly interacting. You've got to show that you genuinely care and not that and not that you're just wanting people's money, haven't you? A hundred percent. You know, stop writing posts where you're just selling to people. Like it's just awful. And the best way to write a social media post, in my humble opinion, is these three following segments. First of all, attention. And what I mean by that is a big, bold headline sometimes. It's something a little bit clicky. Maybe it's got an emoji at the start. Maybe it's got an emoji at the end of the first sentence. Get over the whole, I can't use emojis. Because without the attention, people will not read your social media posts. So that's step one, attention. Mm -hmm. Step two is engage. And what I mean by that is ask them a question or present them with something that's engaging that will be relevant and, and will resemble with them, that you need something for people to grab hold of. Yeah. And then lastly, value. You must, must, must give people value. And another term I, I use quite a lot, which I've stolen from a source that I can't remember, is called edutaining people, right? You've either got to be educating people or entertaining people. And if your yeah. social media posts aren't doing that, you're going to lose. They're not going to get traction. But just have patience and keep delivering. And just quickly back to that mindset thing, you know, you have to have that mindset of documenting and not creating. And what I mean by that is it's so much better to document your process from start to finish and publish, 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 rather than having this obsession with creating the perfect 10 out of 10 piece of content. I don't think that exists. No. I don't know about you, but I just don't think it exists. It's so much better to get in a touch point with a weaker piece of content. So although I'm saying attention, engage value, yeah. you know, don't let that stop you from just putting stuff out there. And I think that people often spend so much time thinking about what they're going to do that they don't do it enough. And it's better to have some, I, well, I always think it's better to have something out there that's not perfect than to not have something out there at all. And I think yeah. the whole rough around the edges thing, you see a lot of corporates now are moving more towards having the organic sort of video stuff where it's filmed on a phone, walking around a factory or whatever. And we, we've had some clients come to us recently and they've never used social media. And because of the pandemic, they want to, and they want to use that. And a video of you in your shop, this, this sort of ties into the whole personal brand thing, really, because if you are a shopkeeper, you are the personal brand, aren't you? Quite often people are shopping at your shop because of you. There might be five or six other people yeah. in that, working in that shop. Yeah. really with, with, a sh with a high with a small independent high street shop you are selling yourself aren't you Paul, honestly a hundred percent like it, it's essential um a lot of people hide behind a corporate identity and they don't it's classic and it's cliche but people buy from people and it's so true and uh, i'll tell you a, just a very quick story in a case study you know just just before lockdown began um i recently ran a campaign uh for a for a cheese warehouse actually called the cheese shed cheese truckle they go and deliver to all of the best best restaurants in norfolk now restaurants shut obviously um they've got 35 grand's worth of stock that's yeah, going to yeah. go out of date that's yeah. you know money money down the toilet mm -hmm. um and actually what we did is we, is we put on a warehouse sale okay and we used some online collaborations with other big local pages where we told them what was going on and when we were going to do it. We set out a plan and we had a three-day event and we did live streams with, with John, John Killett, who's the guy that runs the business. And so every morning we had an update from John. John was saying, you know, hi to everyone on, on our social media pages. And he didn't have the, expect the expectancy of anyone seeing it. He just did it. Yeah. Told people what the produce was, what was there. Anyway... Honestly, about an hour later into day one, I looked at my phone. I could not believe it. It was just blowing up. So many local people jumped on board wanting to help out. Anyway, 
you know, as time went on and, and obviously word of mouth gains momentum and then we engaged with some local influencers as well. And this is the other thing that people massively neglect. It doesn't cost that much to work with a high profile influencer, by the way. Really yeah, I, I, was, I, I wanted to touch on this, really. What, what's, the va- what's the value of collaborating with other local pages and influencers? And huge, got- huge. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people, you know, they think of social as just posting, um, which, which is a mistake to make. Um, there's there's key but comp- I believe there's there's four kind of quadrants to, to social that you need to think about to make it really work one is effective media coverage I think mm-hmm. that's really important and you can do that really easily through social the other is your organic social media so just your strategy your posting yeah. the other part of it is your influencer marketing that's yeah. absolutely massive as well and then your on top online content collaborations but with regards to influencer to go back to your question you know, there's people that I know that are sit, sitting on 15,000 to 20,000 really, really highly engaged Instagram accounts that are very local. Now, if you were to say to them, if you again, let's go back to that butcher's example. Um, Natalie, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you loads of meat for I'm going to give you 50 pounds worth of meat for, for absolutely free. Yeah. Come on down. She'll take a picture of it, by the way, which is yeah. free marketing, which yeah, is yeah. your UGC, your user-generated content, which is another thing that I would do. I'm going all over the place here. This no, it's good. Good. it's good. It's good. I think, you know, if anyone's listening, a local business, the key thing that you need to focus on is UGC content, user-generated content. How can you incentivize people to mm-hmm. post pictures of your business online that could be giving them stuff for free? It could mm-hmm. be actually just asking them and people will do it. Um, it could be giving them giving them a little bit of cash to do so but you know going back to my point about influencer marketing it might cost you 50 quid but actually natalie going back to that example might have 15 to twenty thousand really highly engaged local followers boom you're don't just sit there and post connect and contact other local people that can help bring everything together so when you're organizing a particular campaign or you're trying to sell a particular product i tend to work in monthly focus points but Mm -hmm. some people work in weekly Um, and then you build everything around that how are you engaging with those four quadrants to, to direct all of the traffic into your business yeah and i think um just in terms of people who might not be local but will be an online seller um how because there are lots of people out there who will have decent followings, but fairly poor interaction. And I guess there's a point to be made that if you're choosing someone who's nationally going to help you, we've been bitten by this quite recently. Um, you need to make sure that that is going to be a help if you, well, I, I guess it's quite small spend really, but um, you might have some really load of followers. You want to make sure they're relevant to you though. Are you talking about influencer marketing? Sorry? Yeah, influencer marketing. Yeah, 100%. Please don't make that mistake. A lot of people will go, wow, well, we've got Paul and he's got 100,000 yeah. followers. Well, A, who are those 100,000 followers? Because, yeah. for example, if Paul's ripped and he's got a six-pack, are yeah. they just a load of swooning ladies that want to follow Paul for his, for his lovely six-pack? Yeah. Now, is that appropriate for you know is that appropriate for your for your brand or business is that what's going to make momentum a lot yeah. of people pick their influencers based on how much they like them mm-hmm. versus who's following them and yeah. how engaged are they so when you're picking an influencer look through their last five posts again yeah. you're yeah. only as good as your last five posts in my humble opinion on any yeah. platform because yeah. the virality and even that it just goes very quickly it's very fast moving how many comments have they got? Comments mean more than likes. That's the other thing. Don't yeah. fall for the trap of someone having 500 likes, but only two comments. 
Mm -hmm. What's better is to engage with an influencer with 20 comments and, yeah. and 20 likes because yeah, those, yeah. those people really care, they care that much that they're willing to comment. Uh -huh. Comments is something that I have to bring up as well, Paul, just whilst I'm on that train is, again, people get obsessed with likes and they get downbeat when they only get one like. Mm -hmm. Likes are gone. Likes are valueless for me. They really are. They help a little bit in terms of the algorithm, mm -hmm. but the key is comments. Mm -hmm. Get people to comment. Try and ask questions to get people to comment. And the longer the comment, the better the post, uh, how it performs on pretty much any, any social media website, whether that be LinkedIn, YouTube, all of these socials, the longer the reaction in terms of the comments and the more comments, the better it is for your brand. And just in terms of, because there'd be lots of people setting up, I guess, at the moment, um, and some might not have an idea how to do it. Um, I guess just, well, we've spoken about this previously. There are a lot of cowboys around who are willing to do social or will offer to do social media, but mm. you need to get the right per Either you need to do it yourself or you need to get, if you don't have the time to do it, you need to get the right person to do it for you, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've, I've had some experience, you know, having picked up accounts from your so-called cowboys, as you're saying, um, because they sell them the dream. They tell them that they'll get their account to 100,000 followers and, and it's all just complete crap, to be very honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say when you're picking a social media partner, there's, there's, there's a few key points. The most important thing is their testimonials. Okay. Again, who cares that much? Who loved that social media uh, freelancer or, or business or agency's content that much that they bothered to write a three paragraph uh, testimonial. That yeah. is how you should quantify and pick your social media partner. Yeah. Don't fall the trap of just picking one because your friend told you they were good. Yeah. For that. Say, send me some testimonials. Give me some examples of some campaigns that you've ran recently. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it's hard because, you know, there'll be someone new on the scene and I know that you want to give them a chance because you're naturally a nice person. Yeah. But testimonials are so important because that's a way to actually work out what, what, who really are they? Are yeah, they a yeah. cowboy? Are they what they say they are? And then the other thing is, of course, um, it's the old cobbler shoes. People do everything for everyone else, but not for themselves. Mm -hmm. But if you're picking a social partner, and their social media isn't good themselves, or yeah. even worse, they're not on social media, which is unbelievable, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a massive red flag. Pick yeah. your social partner on testimonials. And secondly, how good is their social media profiles? And I think um, there's, a lot to be, there's a lot to be said about trying to pick somebody who cares about your cause as well, isn't there? So somebody who, well, for me, my uh, passion is uh, local produce. So if you're a produce shop, you would want somebody who cares about local produce and how that's made and gets it and can talk about it confidently. Hugely. And, and, and again, like, you know, maybe the third part of my, my little rant earlier is maybe you need to make sure that you pick someone that's actually niche and specialist. So rather than someone that says, well, I do everything, you know, again, maybe look at their case studies on the, on their website or their socials and look at them and be like, okay, how many product based businesses have they worked with before? If you're an accountant, how many financial businesses have they worked with before? Um, and I'm not just saying, you know, you know, don't even talk to anyone that's not worked with you before because there are some transferable skills and pieces of content and tactics. Yeah. But that's massively important, Paul. And, and as you say, you know, test, test them, you know, don't test them in a mean, horrible way. But before yeah. you spend, you know, whatever it is, uh, a month on a, on a retainer with your customer, mm -hmm. um, with, with your clients, sorry, you need, you need to make sure that you actually ask them, you know, what... 
does it feel right for you? Do you get the gist that they really care about your business or brand? Because the, the, the socials that perform the best are managed by the people that care the most. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think there's so much value in, well, I think something that we ought to point out is, well, if you get somebody to come and do your social media for you, that's not the end of the work, is it? You need, the, the content that is generated, you, you yeah. still need to play a very active part in that. And I think people often forget that as well, that, oh, I've got somebody who does my social media. And you talked about your cheese guy who was doing videos every morning. That wouldn't have worked so well if he'd not put time into providing the or the proper content of a real character in a shop that wouldn't have worked and just and just so people know the impact of that because i didn't even get to the end of that before i went off on a, on a tangent we managed to get rid of over twenty five thousand pounds worth of cheese it saved his business during lockdown right and so it's so you're you're absolutely bang on paul it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so important to do that and i i just think people people need to be careful people need to do some research and 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 also there's a lot of stuff that you can do yourself, which, and this is just, this is just who I am, right? I'm obviously in the social media game, so I help people with it, but there's a lot that you can do with yourself. And in actual fact, if you are starting out, I would actually recommend you do it yourself for a couple of months, fail, fall over, create crap content, do stuff that doesn't work. Yeah. Do all of the learning and then you'll know the pain and you'll understand it. And, and, and then, as you say, once you engage with a social partner, there's two different things. I would highly recommend that you engage with the people that actually respond to your content. I know that sounds really yeah. basic, but that's so true. Again, a mistake that people make is engaging with a social pro- provider, but don't respond to any of the comments because, oh, no, that's all right. It's being looked after. And yeah. then the other thing is that the actual brief and the collaborative relationship between the social partner and the business is absolutely vital. So, for example, what new products are coming? What's in stock today? Have you got any specials? Have you a restaurant or a cafe? Yeah. You know, you need to be feeding that to your social partner. But I do think there's a lot that people can do themselves, particularly video on a held hand, on literally just your phone, on selfie, you know, every morning, you know, make it a routine and do a Wednesday live, do a Friday live, do a Monday morning post. Like there's, there's so much that you can do yourself and you will get traction. And just remember that when you engage with a social partner, as you've said, Paul, that's just the beginning of the journey and have patience as well, because it's not a quick fix. It's definitely yeah. like organic social, particularly is one of those things where you, it's important to get the seven touch points, which is of course, how long it takes on average for someone to make a purchasing decision. Yeah. That's your aim with social. You're getting eyes on your brand. Effectively, the social partner will bring people to your front door, but it's up to you whether or not you let them in. I think that seven touch points thing is a really important thing because so many people will just go out and take a load of um, social advertising and then retarget set a message seven times to those people and hope that some convert. But you're going to end up with, by doing it just like that, you will end up with some conversions, but you're going to end up with a cost of acquisition that's fairly high. And I, I guess my point is, if because we're talking, I guess, about businesses from a standing start that we're trying to get some sales through the door. Yeah. You had 500 quid to put into online advertising, so direct advertising, yep. or into someone to help you build your brand and get your social right organically. What do you think? I mean, I guess I probably know what you were saying they should do, but what do you think they should do? So, sorry, so they've got 500 quid. And yep. is, this, is this for just a one-off fee or a month or...? 
Yeah, 500 quid. Well, they're, they're starting up, but they've got 500 quid a month to put into social media. Do they put it into advertising or do they put it into organic? Fantastic. Okay, so what I would recommend is that you actually have a probably 60 to 70 percent, so 70, 30, maybe 80, 20 split between content and paid. Mm-hmm. That was what I would personally do to begin with. Some people would disagree with that. Some people would say, well, you, and, and believe it or not, there are people that work in paid. They would say, well, actually, no, you need 80% paid and 20% content. Mm-hmm. I, I do genuinely believe that getting those touch points in consistently is actually way more important than, than retargeting on the same loop over and over again, because actually it just pisses people off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Like, and they'll block you and they'll report you. Yeah, it's yeah. completely changed. It requires more management. However, I would highly advise that you do paid. Highly yeah. advise it. Yeah. Just be very strategical, very careful, set caps, don't yeah. go over them, split test, and yeah. make sure the things that don't work in month one, you're not doing again in month two. So yeah. in theory, by the end of month six, you've got this really slick marketing machine that just works for you, yeah? Yeah, Even if yeah. it supplies you one or two leads a month that makes you your £500 back, you yeah. know, that, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and, and make sure that you're working it back like that. So again, think about your business goals. And also, just like when you rock up to the casino, how much are you willing to lose? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. quite a good mindset to have as well. Yeah. How, how much are you willing to speculate to accumulate? And I know that these are quite fluffy marketing phrases. I understand that. But it is just important to have that psychology that, you know, you might not get it back now, but in the medium to long term, I promise you it'll be a worthwhile investment because you're getting in those touch points. Yeah. yeah. So I would be engaging with a social provider to look after your platforms on a daily basis on the right platforms, by the way, don't don't let people say you have to have TikTok, you have to have Snapchat because, Oh, believe it or not, they charge per platform. What a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Audience aren't on Twitter. Don't do Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. If you're yeah. B2B and most of your audience come from LinkedIn, start off with a low fee retainer and build up from there. Mm-hmm. However, to contradict myself, don't also neglect platforms based on your supposed presumption that your audience aren't on there. For example, I had a very recent case with a client of mine where they were like, right, we want all of our content to go on LinkedIn. I went, okay, cool. So during the day, yes, your target market are on, are on LinkedIn. But where do they have their downtime online? Mm-hmm. Where have they got the time to consume your content? I'll tell you where they are. They're on Facebook. Yeah. They're on Instagram because they're looking at boats, golf clubs, football matches. Yeah, that's where they're at. So don't pick platforms based on where they spend their time during the day. Pick platforms where they spend their downtime. And in terms of a posting strategy as well, think the same thing. Don't ever post on the hour or on the quarter past or half past because that's when meetings start. But people forget about that, right? They just post stuff at a time that suits them and not their target market. They yeah. post it during the hours of nine till five. Massive mistake. Yeah? yeah. Do it on their lunch hour when they're most likely to read it. Don't post anything at half past ten if your target market aren't on social at half past ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And schedule things. Schedule things to go out via a platform like Buffer or Hootsuite. I'm, I'm a massive Buffer user myself. It's, yeah. it's, it's so easy to use. And does it have any impact, just a question really for me, does it have any impact on the algorithms? What, using a scheduling tool? Yeah. Very minor, very uh, minor, if any. But I would argue that actually it's way more important to post at your, at your best, most optimal time and take a slight punishment for using the, 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 the scheduling tool. Yeah. And don't forget, 
these platforms want you to post more. So actually, why would they penalise you based on a, on a scheduling tool? So it, it's a bit of grey space. It's not necessarily known. And no one really knows the algorithms. And this is, you know, if you're, a, I really need to make this clear. If you're starting off from scratch now, or you're a small business or you're not particularly a famous social, if someone comes up to you and says, I know the algorithms yeah. of, that is a massive red flag as well. Don't believe them because no one knows. They know what works based on their experience and what other people do that works, but it's always trends and it's always changing because they don't want anyone to know the game. Yeah. So another thing to factor in is remember that social media websites, they make their money by the amount of time that you spend on them because then they can charge more for ads. Yeah. So yeah. And that's why it's so critical that you keep your audience on that specific platform. So another mistake is, people linking their socials because they're too lazy to post on all of them at once. Yeah. People, honestly, clients that I pick up at the beginning, they've linked their Twitter account with their, sorry, they've linked their Instagram account with their Twitter account, mm -hmm. but they don't realize that those, those two platforms are owned by different companies. Mm -hmm. They're competing for attention and they're at war with each other. Never link your socials. And this is why people like me are in a job, right? Because yeah. you need to post natively to every platform at a key time with the right creative, in an engaging way. I think I think all of that stuff has been um, really, really useful. I think you're probably just doing yourself out of a job because somebody will be able to listen to this and have a really, really good start. Um, I think it's been really useful. I hope that the people listening to this, some of those who are just starting out, will take something um, really useful from it. We'll post your contact details on the social media pages as well. If anybody's heard that and thought, yeah, I want to give it a go, um, they can get in touch with you. Um, thank you very much. And um, hopefully, well, hopefully we can catch up again in six months time and see what the impact of um, the current turbulent time is. And I, I mean, my prediction is that online online has been growing forever and it's just had a spike. And I, I predict it will continue to grow and we'll see social media platforms and all of that stuff just continuing to grow and grow and grow. Paul, thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate your time. Perfect. Thank you very much. As always, this episode of Spitting Feathers Podcast was produced by Alex Hallisey and hosted by me, Paul White, for spittingfeatherspodcast.co.uk. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe so you'll get the next episode as soon as it's released, and we hope to have you back here very soon. Spitting Feathers Podcast is sponsored by House of Biscuits, great northern biscuits from farmhouse delivered direct to your door. For more information, visit www.houseofbiscuits.co.uk.